Hello, friends and loyal listeners. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1, I can't believe it, of Bridging the Digital Divide. I have my Sherpa guide and good friend, Brad McKenna, with us. Hello, Brad. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm good. So I guess we should probably recap what this show is about for those of you who might be new to us. Um, a long time ago, I think three years ago yeah. now, um, Brad and I got together. Um, I was less of a technically skilled person then hopefully, than I am now. (laughs) And I thought it might be good to sort of get some information out there for folks who were like me and sort of wanted to understand the jargon and all of the stuff that goes with the technology world. So that's where my partnership with Brad came in. Brad, tell the folks what you do for the town library. So I'm a technology librarian, so I'm in charge with, I like to say anything with a plug. Kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of witty, right? Cool. Um, and so I, I maintain like the the hardware, the software, the network, and I also do tech help sessions, which is where we got together yes. because you came in for a tech help session. And I do I, right now because of the uh, the world of Zoom, it's a little tougher. But like I help as a, as a, a new face of the library, really. Before it was just like books and stuff like that. And I'm very technologically focused. Um, I need to. I want to help educate people on technology and it can be really anything and um, what people ask me questions on is how I do my research to see what people need to know because I don't know what they need to know until they tell me. (laughs) This is true. So this episode we thought we would kick it off with talking about virtual learning and um, you know how you might want to set up some of those things at home uh, if you need to set up a virtual learning situation in your house. We're going to talk about the technical aspects, but I'm also going to give you some tips about how to set up a workstation, some things we've found. And we should also let you know that in all of these episodes we've done, if you are new to listening, um, you can look back through the other seasons. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, One of the first few we did was terminology. So, you know, if you do need to talk to your internet provider about bandwidth or, you know, you think you're being throttled, yes, folks, right? Um, You can listen to some of our first episodes vocabulary was a really good one that kind of gives you a sense of what the jargon is and how to use it and then there's also some buying guides in there there are some other things about when to get rid of certain types of technology Mm -hmm. too so if you want to go back and revisit some of those they are there for you and also we do have a companion page can you explain what that is too yeah, sure. It's one. Of, it's a page on the library's website, which is wilmalibrary.org and then slash BDD. And what I have there is I have on the page itself is the current episode, um, or at least the last episode released. And on the left-hand side is a, a list of all of our previous episodes, like you were saying. So if you see the title of an episode that piques your interest, you can click to that, and it will go to that. And it will not only give you uh, the podcast, it will also give you more information if we talked about a specific company or a specific technology or a specific event. Uh, hopefully, I included it on that page Yay. and uh, you can learn a little bit more. Um, there's also a form at the end of the main page where you can suggest topics for us. Cool. And, you know, if you are new to us, we welcome you. If you've been listening a long time, hey, glad to have <laughs> you. Um, again, we, we want to do a shout out to all types of students, all the students out there learning, whether it be at home, whether it be hybrid, whether you're in the school, we really want want to say we hope you have an amazing year. Today we're going to focus a little bit on virtual learning and what that looks like, Mm -hmm. if we can. I mean, there's so much to say there. So I guess everybody 
she's pretty much aware that the world is in kind of an interesting yeah. place and that that has sort of affected how schools and teachers and how learning goes on. So today we kind of want to talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of how to maybe make that a little easier. So what do you think, Brad, is the first step? I know probably most parents, the school season has already begun here in Wilmington. So I know most parents probably already have some of their hardware set up. But what do we need for the nuts and bolts hardware to create a virtual learning experience that's going to work and that's going to get us logged in with the school system? Yeah, so you need to figure out what device. You probably already have one, but I did want to mention the fact that most of these virtual learning apps like Zoom or Google Meets, uh, you can install an app on an 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 iPhone or an Android or even some Kindle Fires. Um, But you want to figure out what's best for you. So you have the Chromebooks or a Mac or a Windows PC or desktop. And so you you want to figure out what works best. I, I know that I've seen from our last episode of last season, um, some of the students had said that Zoom doesn't always play nice with a Chromebook. And it's right. probably to do with some of the har- some of the hardware stuff I'll get into in a second. But it might be a competitor thing, right? Because they have Google that. Meets, which is the, their version of Zoom. And so it depends on what your school is using. Um, you want to make sure that you give yourself the best chance to survive. And so that's why I would really recommend um, a desktop or a laptop, whether it's Windows or a Mac, it doesn't matter, but that's going to have the most robust hardware and be able to work with the most uh, a variety of different virtual conferencing applications. Okay. So, so let me just throw this at you. So let's say I have three kids in school, all different mm. schools. Um, one of my kids is using a laptop, the other kid is using the desktop. Are you saying that I could put the third child on an iPhone or an iPad even? Technically, yeah. So it'll be taught. It would be, I guess it depends on what they're used to. I mean, so many people use their phones for like the vast majority of their surfing. And so you can install the app on like an iPad or something for that third kid. And they could, they could do school on the iPad. You, you might have like performance issues. Um, so that's one thing that you want to be concerned about. But in a right. pinch, it will work for sure. Yeah, because I'm thinking about families with more than one student. Yeah. And, you know, laptops are not cheap. No, Even yeah. though, you know, sometimes the prices have come down. And I know that the schools are trying to help facilitate yeah. those who are in need. Yeah. But when you have more than one child, and let's say you're working from home too. Yep. How does that affect the performance level of the internet? Yeah, so right, so there's the throttling you're talking about That's earlier. Right. <laughs> so the, your ISP, your internet service provider, gives you a certain amount of speed, but that speed is shared across all the devices that you have. Right. And so one thing you can do to kind of like uh, help help yourself out is like disconnect all the phones in the house from the Wi-Fi, so it's not sharing. You'll still be able to use the data channel if you need to make a call or need to text somebody or something like that, but it's not going to get onto the the highway, right, as it were. So you think of the bandwidth as the highway, and it only has so many lanes. And so if you have too many devices, it's going to clog up those lanes. So are you saying that I would take my iPhone and I would remove it from the the home connection? Yeah, just turn off the Wi-Fi because you can still use it through the data channel. Um, but you're not going to be you're not going to be getting in the way of the the okay. kids sharing. You know that kind of makes sense because mm-hmm. that would eliminate the kids maybe using the phone. 
While they're well, in school, right? You could still use the data channel, but if you don't have an unlimited data plan, if people are surfing through the data channel, it's, it's going to cost you, literally cost you. Wow. So, But I was thinking to, to rule out distractions because yeah. yes. let's face it, you know, if mom or dad or caregiver is home and, you know, they're turning their back for right. a moment, they don't know whether their child is actually really in doing schoolwork or not. So right. I was thinking ways to kind of work around that and, yeah. and switch the focus so that the student is really immersed in the school experience yeah, would yeah. be to shut the phones off or, yeah. or have them be silent. That would, that would work too. You shut it off, you know? it's not connected to any channel. <laughs> right. Okay, so in a situation where you have more than one or two people using the internet at the same time is there anything else we can do to help with the speed so or the connection ability because i was using my kindle to connect to zoom and it worked pretty well for yeah. a while but there were times where mm -hmm. it would freeze and i know that was because too many things were on yeah at the same time so one thing you can do is a wired connection is always quicker than a wi-fi connection so if one of your desks or workstations or whatever are set up close to the router just you can plug it in through an ethernet cord you will have to make sure that that whatever device you're using has an Ethernet port, because not all of them do, because they they make them smaller and smaller. The first thing to go is the CD DVD drive, which I miss terribly. Yes. <laughs> and then the next thing would be the uh, the hard drive, right? So the technology changed. There's two different kinds of long-term storage: the hard disk drive um, and the solid-state drive. And so the hard disk drive, it basically looks like a well, they call them platters. So there's uh, discs that look like small DVDs stacked on top of each other, and so. So because they're stacked, they're taught, they're thicker. And so they got rid of that and replaced it with solid-state drive so they could shrink the laptops even more. And then the last issue was the port, the, the Ethernet port. Believe it or not, that, that little that little height, I guess, of the Ethernet port was, was preventing them from shrinking it more. So some devices you can't plug in because it doesn't have that port. But if it does, one way to increase speed would be to get off the Wi-Fi and get on the, the wire. Hmm. And that would be quicker. I like... I I always like things hardwired as much as I possibly can. The Ethernet port, does it sort of look like a little tiny phone jack? Yeah, it's a little fatter phone jack. Yep. Okay. Yep. And so if we needed help, if we said, hey, I want to do what Brad just said, yeah. we could contact you with the library and you would set up a tech help session. Absolutely. Where, yeah. Or maybe we could take a picture of our tower. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Or we could take a picture of our laptop and we could say, hey, will this work and what do I need to buy? Yep. And how many feet of this ethernet thing do i need yeah, right? right because i know they come in different lengths and sizes those are fairly cheap to buy though and um amazon and and most of your you know regular big box stores walmart probably even yeah. carries them too technology's yeah, everywhere staples so. i would imagine too <laughs> so uh another thing we want to talk about is how do you actually set up your workstation now i know many of you have probably already done this but i did read an article that was in the july 16 2020 parents magazine and one a couple of tips they gave which is really good um was to kind of set up your workstation on one wall of the house if you have more than one student and kind of make that a dedicated area for learning yeah. if you can yeah that, right. that's in a perfect world if yeah you could right. do that and you know cork boards and folder files those are all going to be your friends as far as uh, you know setting up organization I also think too you probably want to think about one area being just for school because then your whole house feels like it's school all the time right yeah so you don't really want that so I thought of even maybe having a certain kind of tablecloth or a certain kind of something that signifies this is now school time yeah and that way when you move to your real life then you put the school away and right. it doesn't become you're constantly 
in school. You know, um, we've talked about you and I, Brad, about working from home and how it's a wonderful thing and we're happy that we can do it. But you do sort of end up feeling like you're on the clock all the time. Yeah. That's because you've made your home environment now into a work environment. You You need that demarcation, right? So like I've seen some people post pictures of like those screens, those removable screens that you can kind of, they they stand on the floor that look like just a divider. And so you put that up and you open it up to kind of like uh, physically uh, divide yourself from the rest of the house. Right. And they've actually talked too about using cardboard as dividers or mm-hmm. sort of setting up little desk areas. I mean, you can be as creative. Sure. I'm sure you're yeah. all exhausted, <laughs> but you can be as creative as you want to be. They also recommend, you know, leaving pens and other frequently used items available rather than putting them in cubbies, which I thought about that. That does make more sense. You want to be able to get to things immediately. And then one of the big things would be not to put the desk facing a window, yeah. which I would have done. Yeah. I would have said, oh, wouldn't it be lovely to see my cherry tree? But the problem with that would be you're seeing a cherry tree <laughs> yes so you know they recommend these expert folks yeah. recommend um you know setting up an area that's quiet and that's away from everything if you can yeah. they've even said you could make a nook underneath your stairs or you could even do a closet area you know this would be really blowing it out of the water yeah. but if you want to do that yeah do that one of the biggest things though that i thought about and that i saw a lot of research on was what to sit on Yeah. Because I know that when I have my laptop on my kitchen table, I tend to hunch over to meet the laptop. I don't raise it up. So they're saying the easiest way to do it, the experts out there, would be to put it on books, to raise it so that your student is sitting up properly or yourself if you're home doing work from home. Or you can use a gaming chair. Yes. Well, those little gamers. Yeah, and they're expensive. Yeah. I mean, they run from about 150 bucks to, you know, 500 bucks and up. But the reason why uh, the experts like gaming chairs is because there are so many positions that you can put them in. You can lower the yeah. arms. You can adjust the headrest. And, you know, my fear is that from all of this virtual learning, we might see a lot of back shoulder, neck, eye strain. We're going to get to that too. So, you know, if you can use something like a gaming chair or a bouncy exercise ball. Now, of course, not for third or fourth graders, (laughs) but you know, I've used that before as a desk chair in my house and it is pretty good and it does force you to kind of sit up properly and, you know, take note of your positioning, which is really important. What else do we need to know about the technology piece? So we've got our device. We either have it hardwired through Ethernet or we have it through our regular internet connection. What else do we need? So most PCs, laptops, doesn't matter what kind of device you're on, are pretty good. But there are uh, three baselines that I want to make sure that everybody... uh, looks for if they are going to buy. And the first is the processor. And so you don't want to go below a processor, an Intel i5. And so make sure it says Intel, not AMD, because Intel works better with, with, um, with most things, essentially. And then there's the i series of CPUs go i3, i5, i7, and i9. But it gets really pricey, and then they have the law of diminishing returns after you get past the i5. And so the recommend recommendation is make sure that you have an i5 processor. It'll say in the stats, and there's usually a sticker right on it that says in the blue sticker, usually on the 
lower right, it says Intel i5. And so that's what you want to make sure the CPU is. Uh, the RAM, uh, you don't want to go below 8 gigabytes. Rapid access memory. Yes, yeah. So, dun, dun, dun. so there you go. And so that's the, that's the amount of memory um, that's active memory. So when you're doing things, it's calling upon the RAM. And so with video, with a video conference, you're you're using your video, your uh, your audio. Sometimes you're you're texting on it or typing on it. So there's a lot going on. So you want to give yourself the most most memory you can. And you can see cheaper ones for like four gigabytes. So when you're looking at prices, look at the RAM and the and the CPU first. Make sure that you know it's eight gigabytes of RAM because you'll use it. And and you could technically get away with the four gigabytes. But you're going to get buffering problems. So what if I have stuff at home and I'm just using it right now because I've already set up school for my kids and I think I'm all set? What kinds of problems might I see if I don't have Intel... Five. I5, yeah. So it would be slow. I5. And so like you'd be buffering, which is the, the picture would freeze. The the picture might cut out. Um, the sound might cut out if you're if they're you're viewing somebody's screen and they're moving it, the mouse might lag. Um, if you're viewing a video on a different screen, it would buffer. So like you get that you get that circle in the middle of the yes. screen where it would just freeze. So it would just be like it would be slower and it would be almost like stuttering. So you'd, you'd it would okay. be like a performance issue. So, so if you that. see that, yeah. it, what problems could it be? It could be that you don't have an i5 or higher. Yeah. It could be that there's too many things connected that are not hardwired. Yeah, yeah. What else could it be could the be problem? It could be you don't have a Provider, yeah, maybe? Yeah, provider, yeah. So you could not have enough speed because uh, you have to pay by you pay by the tier, so that how, how speed you are. So like FiOS is, is a gigabit connection. That means you, you can download a gigabit. I, I don't know what the time, I can't remember what the timing is, but the mo- most, uh, I think the most common connection speed is 200 megabits per, megabits, not bytes, uh, per second. That's what it is. So it's per second. So it might be the speed. So if you've checked everything else and you're still finding like it's it's like stuttering or you're having problems, you might want to check the bill. You might ha- you might you might have to upgrade. Um, but again, the first thing to do is if it, you can't upgrade because you can't afford it because it gets expensive. Right. It's just make sure that like f- as few people are and devices are on and using at the same time. I think that most schools are doing asynchronous means that you don't have to be there at a certain time. You just consume the lesson plans mm. between a certain amount of hours. Take hmm. turns. Take yeah. turns on doing yeah. it. I, I mean, I like that idea, but I don't like that idea yeah. at the same time. <laughs> I like it because you're right. If I have different children or if I want to, maybe I'm a person who likes to study at night instead of during yeah. the day. Yeah. Maybe that's okay. But I just like more structure. And I think because we're living in such an unstructured yeah. world right now, I think structure of school being a certain yeah. time might be better. I could be wrong. I don't have children. I don't know. Yeah. But I would just think the idea of having routine. Um, you know, one of the experts in one of the articles I read said, dress for school. Yeah, oh, that's a good idea. Like, yeah. you know, you don't have to go crazy, of right. course. But, you know, if you're going to do it in your pajamas, that's okay, <laughs> too. But the problem with that is yeah. you then kind of develop a mindset yeah. of it's just a casual thing. Yeah. And so it's sort of like that every day. They say make your bed to start your day yeah. off, right? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. You want to sort of get into the idea that now I'm in my learning mode right. and, you know, that's where I'm going from So here. I suppose you could create your own structure, right? I mean, the good right. thing about school is it, your structure is created for you. It's given to you. 
you. And this kind of thing, it's right. It's up to you. It's up to right. your parents. It's up to the kids to right. It's a create good, their it's own definitely structure. a good news, bad news kind of yeah. thing. If you're yeah. someone who works well with lack of structure, which I am not, <laughs> um, great, good yeah. for you. But if you're a structured gal like me, yeah, yeah. then you do it that way. You know, you gotta, you gotta give yourself the best chance to succeed. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the things I did see that I really loved that they suggested was if you're going to listen to long lectures, like if you're a college student, let's yeah. say, and you have to do that remotely, have a bowl of fidget toys yeah, nearby. I really like that. You can put Legos in there, um, gummy erasers or fidget toys, just so that you have sort of something to occupy your mind and keep you engaged with mm-hmm. the process. I really liked that idea. So if you take nothing else away from this <laughs> except buying a yes. gaming chair yeah. and getting some fidget toys, mm-hmm. those are things, the, I think it's the little things sometimes yes. that can help the most. For know? sure, yeah. So there's one more pre- one more must for hardware is, is headphones. Uh, yes. So you want either, you can do the blue, the earbuds, the Bluetooth connected headphones, whatever. But what you need to do is you need to take the volume off of off of the speakers on your device because the issue you can run into is your mic can pick up your speakers and so you get like an echo. So like somebody is teaching you something and your speakers are up too loud and your mic picks up what that other person is saying. And so you're going to have, you'll run into that. So you want to make sure that you have this, you have headphones to feed the sound away from the mic. Okay. What about situations where that continues to happen? How do we troubleshoot that? What would be the best way to do it? I guess turn down the speakers all the way and then try to... Increase can, the volume from yeah, there. Yeah, so you can you can mute your you can most of these uh, most of these applications allow you to mute your your microphone, and that would be the best way to do it. Is like okay. if you have like an echo or it's picking up or you know there's you live in a busy street and it's picking stuff up. Right. Just mute it by default, and then if you have to if you have to talk, unmute okay. yourself while you talk. And, and then mute where yourself. do we find the setting for that? It depends. So in the Zoom client, it's the bottom left, and it looks like a little microphone. I think okay. that. Um, it's usually along the bottom of the application window or the top. And so you just look for like a, a microphone. Uh, they're pretty consistent with the icons, but it, they're going to stylize it a little differently. Okay. And so usually that's going to be a button and it'll usually be next to your camera. So you can turn your camera on and off uh, right. by just clicking the button. So you click the button when it's on to turn it off. You click right. it again to turn when it's off, turn it on. Okay. And the same thing with not wanting to be seen. If you, if you don't want to be seen, you, can, yep, you turn just can shut yep. that off too. There'll be a line through it to show you that it's off, okay. Now, that won't affect the transmission from the other end. No, it I will mean... It only affect me being y- seen y- by everybody right. else, yeah. right? Yeah, so like whoever's running the meeting, it really won't... It, I mean, it, it, it might because the application is having to give the uh, relay the picture of everybody. So that probably increases the load. Yeah. And so maybe turning off the picture will help speed things up if you're having a problem that way. Okay. What do you think about those headsets? I call them McDonald's headsets. That um, uh-huh. they have the little microphone. I'm, I'm making the, the yeah. gesture with my hand. That's attached kind yeah. of to your face with a headset. Would that be a viable option for yeah. something like this? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, the one of the things that like the level ups that I would say would be like a dedicated microphone, and that it could be part of the headset, and it's definitely going to increase the quality. Um, and those are usually unidire- unidirectional, so that means it's not going to pick up the background noise, like right. your your uh, like the cars in the back or somebody slamming a door. It's gonna it'll pick up some of that if it's strong enough, but it's going to really make your voice much clearer and. L- eliminate the background noise so you're fine using the mic on the device uh, provided it has one but most of them do Um, 
but yeah, if, if you're going to be talking a lot, uh, you're going to want to get a So that might mic. be from a proctor or from a teacher yeah. standpoint, that yeah. might be better. But if you are doing a college application yeah. where you are yeah. going to be talking more, maybe it's something you If you're giving a presentation or something, if the student's giving the presentation, you might want that. Um, it's not something you have to use all the time. So like if it's a family, maybe you buy one right. and then pass it around when the kid has a presentation, they get right. the mic that day. Right. Cool. I think someone should make a kit. Yeah. They probably already do, but like a homeschool kit yeah, yeah, yeah. where it would have all like an Ethernet cable and yeah, it would yeah. have um, a headset yeah. and it would have a little mic that could attach yeah. and it would have a nice little card that would explain all this terminology. Yes. I think Brad and I are going to go create there that we go. <laughs> and we'll be cabillionaires and, and we'll be all set. So one of the other things I want to talk about before we get to our food for thought is eye strain. I know we've yeah. talked a little bit about, okay, where do we set up the workstation? We don't want you looking out into the beautiful ocean because you'll be distracted. We want you to have everything within your reach and we want to have bins and folders and cubbies. We want to make sure you're sitting properly so that's either a bouncy ball or you've placed the laptop higher up or you have a lot of money or you have gaming chairs <laughs> around and you want to use those. But what do we do as far as the next step? So one thing you wanted, the screen size, all right? We yes. talked about that. So you, you want to make sure that the, it's 15 inches and up that's usually the baseline because some of the smaller cheaper laptops have like 11 or 12 inch or 15 so great for portability but not so much for learning yeah yeah so yeah you want a higher screen and i think we we were talking about this earlier you could you you can use either an hdmi cord or a chromecast or an apple tv to actually broadcast your video to your tv which is kind of cool yeah so you can do that i'm not sure about the the logistics of the mic and stuff like that but like if it's if it's just something you're watching if you're watching a video um or if you're reading something i guess you want to give yourself the most most real estate and by hooking up to a tv that'd be great but of course that adds the ish- the wrinkle of getting out of your little setup your little cubby hole your, right. your work area right but it is an option so like maybe if there's um a lesson that you really need more real estate from hook it up to the tv sit on the couch or i just think and it's it. fun and it makes yeah. it cool and maybe mm-hmm. if you get into a point where you're really sick of it all yes. and you just kind of want to try something different <laughs> yeah you could you could have some fun with that sure, and you yeah. can call brad to ask him what stuff you need yes. to do that but you know it might be fun and they do say you know take breaks yes. um definitely get up and move around because because it is going to be a challenge, and, yeah, and yeah. we applaud everybody that's taking on that challenge. We're proud of you, and, and you know everybody yeah, that's sure. learning is trying their best, and we know that, and we're trying to help you as much as we can. So we've talked about um, the physical hardware that you yeah. need. We've talked about screen size. We've talked about seating and how to set up the area. But one of the things that I'm, I think we're going to see more of, pardon the pun, is problems with eye strain. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. I guess one of the things they recommend is getting a, a lamp for the desk or the workstation area that has an LED bulb in it yeah. because that will cut down on some of the eye strain. But what about the screen itself? So there's, mo- there's different options here. So uh, the biggest issue is blue light, coming f- blue light coming from the screen. So you're staring, you're basically staring into a light bulb when you're looking at the screen, right? And Ouch. so what you can do is you can uh, you can filter out that blue light. There's glasses that you can buy. If you do like a Google search, You can. You, there's so many right. different ones. They can get kind of pricey. 
Um, they're usually not prescription, <laughs> so mm-hmm. you would need either contacts or get a uh, set that's bigger, big enough to go over your or glasses. Or clip-ons that you can clip <laughs> on true. to the front, right? Someone yeah. should make that. That should this, be in the kit. Yes, it should be in the go. little kit we're going to It's all make. coming together, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes. so what does this do? Does this actually it colorize the, yeah. you know, the lenses it, colorize the blue and make it, it neutral it, yeah. or something? So it takes off the blue light. Have you ever tried one? Yeah, I have. It looks like orange or reddish mm. or something. It, it looks it, it looks odd, but it, it is easier. It's like soft. It's less harsh on the eyes, um, and so they get, there's more options than ever because it's becoming so much more popular to, to spend more time online. So you can get the glasses, yeah. uh, browsers, Firefox, Chrome uh, have uh, extensions, uh, the blue light filter extension. So you, what it does is it takes out that the blue light in the app. Um, the issue with that is if you're not running the app, it's not going to work. So the latest version of Windows 10. Um, has a um, night mode which takes out the blue light, and so you can lo- you you have the glasses, you have browser plugins, and I think the Chromebook also has the Chrome OS also has a setting like night mode setting, mm. and what it does is it takes out that blue light to ease the strain on your eyes. Okay, so you could Google where to find these buttons yeah. on your s- computer or yeah. device to do these things. Yeah. I know it sounds something similar to what I have on my phone where I can control the background lighting So that's the, the brightness, phone. It right? sounds and similar to yeah, that. Yeah, that's another thing you can do too is you can just turn down the brightness of the screen. It's going to still have the blue light, but it's going to be dimmer. Yeah. And so you can try that as well. You can do both, you know, so you can turn down the, br- the brightness not too much. You can't see anything. I know, right? And turn on the blue light so you can kind of give it easier. Sheesh. I mean, it's so much work. Um, already for so many folks and I do feel bad but you know there are things you can do to make it a little better and and we hope we've presented some pretty good ideas for you and if you have more questions about technology and how to use those sorts of things you can direct those to Brad and how do they get in touch with you Brad? So they can email me at bmckenna at wilmlibrary.org or you can go to the companion page wilmlibrary.org slash bdd and there's a contact form there Uh, you can use it to ask a question you can use it to suggest a topic stuff like that or you can come see Brad live. Not yet. We're not open Aww, to perfect. Yeah. You can you can make soon. an appointment through Zoom. <laughs> I was gonna say, can we zoom you? Yes. And then maybe we you can say, yes. Well yeah, it's Get that button and, you know, yeah. you'll be able to see from yeah, the Zoom yeah, if yeah. they did it. So uh, we do a little segment on each of our shows called Food for Thought. It's kind of a little tidbit for you to ponder. So let's get that going right now. And now it's time for your technology tidbit, Food for Thought. All right, so I mentioned the i5, which is not the latest, but it's a, a really <sighs> solid Intel processor. And so I thought it would be interesting to go back in time and see what the first commercially available Intel processor was like. And so it was called the 14, uh, 4004. It was released in 1971, and it had a speed of 108 gigahertz. And there were 2,300 transistors on the, sh- on the chip. The i5, by comparison, was released in 2008, has a speed of 3.33 gigahertz, and as a refresher, the first one was kilohertz, so there's 1,024 kilohertz to make a megabyte, or megahertz, and then there's 1,024 megahertz to make a gigahertz, so you can see orders of magnitude quicker, and there are 2.3 billion transistors on the chip. So it's a little quicker. <laughs> my goodness. And who is it, someone putting them on there one by one? No. So you're talking about like not. nanometers. So it's not a person. It's That's a robot. Yeah, it's, it's a <laughs> but I'm just trying to picture, you yeah. know, someone with a nice little glue gun yeah. putting all of those on there. And that is Moore's Law. Right. Correct? Moore's Law. So Moore's yeah. Law says the number of transistors uh, doubles or or 
doubles every 18 months. Right. And I'll have a link to Moore's Law so it explains it better than yes. I did. <laughs> and actually, I think if you go back to season one, I want to say episode one, two, or three. It was early, yeah. Um, yeah, because we, we had to start at the beginning, yep. right? So if you want to amaze all your friends with your technology <laughs> savvy, you can go back through and look at and listen to some of those episodes. We actually do have a couple of episodes that you can look at as well because we usually end each of our seasons with some sort of visual as well as audio podcast. So um, the first one we did was how seniors and kiddos use technology differently. And then last season, we ended with talking to three lovely students from the area about what it was like for them to virtually learn starting last year. And so that's why we decided we should kick off season three here with a little bit of help if we can to those of you who are, you know, accepting the virtual learning challenge so we are here for you to support you and we hope that you know this has helped you a little bit and i guess that's gonna do it for season three episode one of bridging the digital divide anything else you'd like to tell folks brad not that i can think of i mean if like i said uh, we are here in limited capacity at the, at the library so please reach out if you have any questions Excellent. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was produced at WCTV, Wilmington Community Television. Our next episode coming up, we plan to do, we'll be meeting with an actual teacher who is teaching in these trenches, who is brave enough to come and tell us (laughs) what it's like out there for her. So that'll be episode two. And we thank you again for listening to Bridging the Digital Divide.